Hey guys, this is EJ, and this is the EJ for Liberty podcast. Um, this is a brand new venture I'm on, and hopefully I can stick with them long enough to kind of get some uh, followers out there. If you're listening to us, uh, please click on the subscribe button, and I will do my best to bring you some content that is worth listening to, or that's something that will make you think. So I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. We'll get some few minutes or every single episode, I really do appreciate it. So, um, just going to freestyle it here for a minute. Um, I will say this. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to go about this podcast. I know there's a general idea I have of delivering content of a political nature and trying to get you engaged into the political process. Um <clears throat> either um, converse it with me on one of my other social media platforms or maybe even have you as a guest on here or maybe doing a live one of these things um, here somewhere else. Uh, the the field is wide and already a harvest. Um, but out of a, thousands and thousands of uh, podcasts out there, I've heard some great concepts and some great ideas and some great people that are just truly worth listening to. Uh, but more, most of all, this past year, um, as I've been trying to, you know, get a bear, bigger footnote or stronghold in what I'm bringing to social media, I'm really starting to find that I need to put my actual voice out there and not just kind of put out social media memes or a little, you know, snippets of stuff that I heard. Uh, I feel like you need to hear what it is that I'm trying to say to you. Maybe something I'm trying to say to you is probably something that you're exactly thinking, but didn't know how to put it in words. Um, so I I will fully admit that I know very little about politics, but what I do know is that the way that things are going right now isn't quite working. Doesn't mean we need a complete overhaul of things, but definitely something needs to change. And I think that change starts with you, me. Having some open, honest, respectable, civil conversations about what's going on in our neighborhoods, the states, and the nation today. With that being said, um, one of the things I've been kind of uh, captured by over the last week is, um, I don't know if you know about this, but Neil Young gave Spotify an ultimatum of either pull Joe Rogan's um, presence off of Spotify or releases music from Spotify. And Spotify, you know, acquiesced and gave uh, Neil Young his wish by taking his music off the platform, saying, we'd love to have you back sometime soon, but we respect your wishes. Uh, Don't quote me on it. It was basically paraphrasing. Now, if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, he's a pretty funny comedian, but for the last few years, he's been making his mark and his name. Um, as one of the top podcasters out there in the podcast world. Um, So much that he went from some other platform specifically to Spotify with a very lucrative contract. So kudos to him. And if you haven't checked out his podcast, it's the Joe Rogan Experience. I uh, definitely would uh, check it out. Not a regular listening to it, but when I do listen to it, it's pretty good content. And he's just simply having conversations with people trying to find out a little bit more about how certain things take in life and that kind of stuff, there you go. 
Anyways, um, getting back to the <clears throat> point I was trying to make. So, Joe Rogan has stirred up a lot of controversy regarding the um, COVID and all the um, information that's going around with it. And, uh, oh, speaking of which, if you check out his uh, Instagram page, he has a nine-minute uh, response to uh, Spotify, the people that are, you know, railing against him and even Neil Young about um, the whole leaving uh, Neil Young leaving Spotify controversy. And basically in this uh, nine-minute video, he kind of lays it out there. He says that, you know, the purpose of the podcast was to just kind of open up and get to know people a little bit more what they do, uh, significance about what's going on in uh, America and the world today, and in particular to these two episodes that are of question by a lot of people on the left, um, he was saying that there were some doctors he had on this show uh, that had differing opinions about the vaccines, COVID, and everything. Um, and he also made mention that uh, you have to be careful what you say um, because a lot of people will label it, label it as misinformation. And he said that um, he doesn't believe in the whole label of misinformation because of some of the stuff that you would have said that are being said now, if you said them eight months ago, you would have been banned from social media, kicked off platforms, and those same things that you would have been banned for back then uh, and, and they're labeled as misinformation back then, they are now considered to be fact or the law of the land as it goes with the vaccine and COVID and all that stuff. So the information is ever-changing, and we all know that. Um, the argument, I guess, would be is why is it that we can only put out certain points of information um, when no one really has a full grasp of what COVID is doing, how we can uh, how we can find the symptoms for it, and how we can beat this thing. The best thing we have, and even that's debatable, is to take the vaccines and the booster shots and to lessen the effect that COVID could have on you um, uh, met, uh, uh, physically. So... To me, that just says everything's up in the air for debate, for scrutiny, for examination. But there's a group of people, I can't tell you where they're coming from, but there's a group of people that only want certain information pushed out to the public, despite what maybe the CDC says, or the WH, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, or the WHO, the World Health Organization, may say on their websites, as official information. And um, one of the other social audio platforms uh, I've been on today, I've asked a question. Uh, it's not necessarily restricted to COVID itself or Omicron or the vaccine. Uh, the question I asked, and I've created a poll on my Twitter account, would you rather have misinformation or to miss information? Meaning that, would you rather have all the information in the world, but also at the risk of getting a lot of misinformation at the same time, or 
Would you rather have only the factual information that can be proven, tried, tested, and true? But with that being said, there might be some other information that is just as true that you would miss. Because the way I see it is, if you put all the information out there, yes, you're going to get misinformation. Um, Or you can only push out stuff that is 100%, 99% correct or above. But yet, there's still information that didn't get through the filter system, if you will, and you would miss it. So you have misinformation, all the information in the world, and a lot of it or a good portion of it can be wrong or misinformation. Or you have only factual information. doesn't matter what it is in the world. Just if it's about horses, it's about cars, it's about religion, it's about anything, you get all factual information on that topic but at the risk of missing some actual factual information because we're trying to funnel out just the truth of things. And for me, I say I'd rather have all the information and have some misinformation to kind of sort through. Because the way I see it is this, is that if you have the information out there in front of you in a digital world, in the Internet, where everything is everything is basically searchable by a keyword or term or phrase, you can sift through all the information you don't need to find the stuff that you are looking for or that you do need versus uh, a funnel for fact checkers and social media outlets that will only allow information that they prove to be truthful, but yet still miss something in the frame. And right now, I think we're on the latter part of it where so many social media outlets are pushing to only give out certain information. And not only that, but people um, of prominent uh, figures or have a presence in either the entertainment world, the athletic world, the science world, uh, the world where a lot of eyes are on these people, are pushing this monolithic, this one train of thought information as truth but you know like i said in the uh what joe Rogan said about eight months now what is considered truth to be right now or uh, truth to be right now might be false later or what was considered to be uh misinformation could be considered truth now and so a lot of people love to say, you know, you run the risk of having too much information. And I call it, I call it bull. I, I don't think you can really have too much information. You can sort through information. You can decide for yourself. Because I think if we try to sort out all the misinformation and disinformation, as uh, one person told me on a uh, social, another social audio app, um. Information can change. And at the beginning of COVID, I think we all knew that we were probably up in for an uphill battle. We didn't know how long it was going to take or how severe it was going to take or the damaging toll that would be inflicted. I think we owed ourselves to get any and all information possible, good or bad, uh, true or false, and be able to sift through ourselves. And talk amongst themselves, like, 
well, where is this information coming from? Who is the source? Um, what ties do they have to this, that, or other thing? And this is kind of getting to my next point. A lot of the information that we get is not just from the mainstream media. A lot of it is, yes, coming through the mainstream media, but they're regurgitated reports through outlets that I feel have a underlying interest in what we see as the public and what we trust as the outcome. Um, the FDA approving certain vaccines. Well, maybe it's just me, but I feel much like the uh, congressmen and senators in House and Senate, they they have lobbyists that will wine and dine them and, and um, get them to do them legislative favors to have an advantage for said companies that push those lobbyists there. Who's to say that the same thing isn't happening when it comes to the FDA, um, the Food Food and Drug Administration, or some other big pharma entity that, one, is looking for all kinds of ways to get an advantage in the, in the free market, and two, trying to put a um, bottle cap or a, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a pseudo monopoly on the market. I mean, if it was truly independent counsel telling us that this drug works or this drug works or this drug works, then maybe it have a little bit more validity of, yes, we should take the vaccine. Um, you know, it, it's not done. So the powers can be, can just make money, but it's actually trying to cure epidemic and maybe these uh, drug companies are doing it to help cure a drug uh, uh, an epidemic but the fact remains for me is that I still need to look at these guys with a a bit of scrutiny now full disclosure I have been vaccinated I have all my vaccine shots and as as of right now that I'm talking to you I contracted COVID a few days ago so I'm actually in quarantine um, and my quarantine actually ends up in uh, in a few days. So I have no symptoms. Um, if it weren't for the fact that I had a, a email from my doctor telling me that I had COVID, I would still be the same. Uh, don't even have so much as the sniffles or the flu. Um, <clears throat> but that's just me. And I've also been asking people on social media um, how COVID has been ha- affected them and also if they've been vaccinated. So I think those are two kind of key points that we need to look at is, have you been vaccinated? If so, uh, did you get COVID? If so, how has it affected you? Uh, Virtually everybody in my household, because of how close we are, um, not just bonding, but proximity, has COVID. So we're kind of going through the same uh, COVID uh, quarantine process at the same time. But except for one person with some mild symptoms, no one in our house has really shown any symptoms listed by um, the CDC or some of these other websites as far as being signs of COVID. Not even a cough, not even a sneeze, uh, not even body aches. I mean, it got some body aches, but that was 
long before COVID. So putting everything in perspective, I'm relatively fine. I just have this um, viral ailment in me that needs to run its course. So, I mean, if COVID affects everybody in different ways, it'll be good to know um, the science behind how many people that got affected with COVID were vaccinated and how many vaccines they get and how many people uh, also were affected with COVID didn't get the vaccine. Uh, because I believe, I'm not a scientist, but I believe you look at trends and see what's happening where and why it's happening the way it do. I'm not a person that's in shape. I'm pretty overweight, and on some scales, I would be even obese. Um, so health concerns could play uh, play into that, and I'm in my mid-40s. That could play into it, age, deterioration of the body, and that kind of stuff. All these things could matter. But in, in another flip side, there are some people that literally cannot get these shots because of an adverse uh, reaction they would have to the drug, and it would be better off if they had not taken the drug at all, which doctors have prescribed. But nevertheless, they're getting shame for not taking the vaccine. Um, so I kind of call this like a sheeple mentality. If you're going to shame someone into taking a vaccine that they probably shouldn't take, um, I have no records of people dying from it, um, and but I have no records of people being fine with COVID or any negative stuff. Just this is all information that we need to get, research, look at, and go from there. Uh, because I think the number one objective is to understand COVID and either get rid of it or find ways that our society and the world, because this is a worldwide thing, can work within the means of this thing because we can't get rid of the flu flu shots happen every year the flu season comes every year could it be that this is the new kind of kind of flu that we have to prepare for each year or maybe quarterly or annually or uh bi-yearly these are all things we need to look at and there's no time to be stuck in one little train of thought saying that get vaxxed or else because at the beginning of this, they just said, wear a mask, you'll be fine. Stay, stay stay six feet apart. And then it was, if you get the vaccines, you won't have to wear a mask. That, and in full disclosure, that's the reason why I got the vaccine in the first place. I was told, I think it was even by Joe Biden at the time, uh, and he could be regurgitating information from his so-called experts. So I'm not going to fault him on that. But at the time that... Um, I got my vaccine. It was told that if we get the vaccine, you won't have to wear a mask, uh, and you're good with being six uh, within six feet of someone else. It was called the, uh, uh, I think it was the herd mentality. The more people got it, the weaker the the virus becomes, and then it kind of just dissipates. Well, between twenty March of twenty twenty, when I first thought. You know, everybody, everybody talking about the corona was a beer to right now we're dealing with Omicron. There's been a vast world of knowledge that has changed the scope of not just here in America, but other parts of the world, which is why more information with the risk of having misinformation is much better than to funnel to just the information that someone says you need at the risk of missing something else that's possible. 
I, I'm a firm believer of freedom. I'm a firm believer of education. I'm a firm believer that each person has the right and and should have the opportunity to hear everything that there is to need to know about this vaccine, about um, what's going on, the, the death rates, the survival rates. Because that was the other thing. Uh, I think it was said like 98% of the people that get COVID are just fine. But then it was focused on just the 2%. That narrative is no longer being said, or I haven't heard it in months about the 98% versus the 2%. Basically, it's being treated that 100% of the people will be affected and need to take precautions as necessary. And it's just some flat-out information that's gone wrong, and no one is willing to say, okay, we were wrong on this front. We thought it was this way, but as more information comes in, we realize it is this way. Not one single person I've heard in government say anything of the sort. And I already don't trust the government. I already don't like the idea of centralizing government to maybe a place in just Washington, D.C., that everything that is to happen in America just comes straight out of Washington, D.C. Now, I do believe there's an order of things, but I also believe that our states, our cities, our communities, our families, and right down to the individual, should have the right to govern themselves. And as you get higher up in the hierarchy or the range of responsibility, you know everything that the government doesn't do, or everything that you can do and shouldn't do, that should be left back up to the government to legislate or deal with. But too many people just want to have everything centralized in one area. But here's the thing. The way I live my life in Utah doesn't necessarily have to be the same as how you live your life in New York. The way you live your life in Seattle doesn't have to be the same as the way you live in Texas or Miami. Different climates, different areas, different uh, concerns uh, based on the uh, geography of the area or the the weather in the area or the politics in the area. Um, everything has to be considered for their specific uh, case. And COVID and the talk about COVID should not be any different. Globally, yes, we're trying to get rid of this epidemic. But individually, some things just may not work for us. So in a baseline understanding of what you can do as uh, as individuals, stay six feet away, uh, stay six feet apart from someone else. Only be near someone when you have to. Um, now it makes it tough for subways and that kind of stuff, but you you gotta have some kind of common sense or some kind of self awareness to prepare yourself. Uh, I'm not opposed to people wearing masks. As a matter of fact, I mean, even if this thing was not an issue, I probably would still want to wear a mask. Um, just have some personal responsibility of how you're going to maintain care for yourself and those around you. Like if you go into a hospital with a cough, has nothing to do with COVID, but going to a hospital with a cough, you can spread germs. So cover up, put a mask over yourself, or make sure you put your hand over your mouth or whatever the case may be, so you don't spread those germs. Same principle can apply to 
how we treat this uh, vaccine. Now, I'm not telling you not to get the vaccine. I am saying that having a mandate for everybody to get the vaccine is a very short-sighted idea, especially for people that cannot get it or should not get it. Um, It's basically lumping everybody into being the same when we're not. Um, I think there's just a better way we can all get this epidemic under wraps and under control and get it done, not just within our localities or in the nation, but in the world. But it has to start somewhere. And my proposal is that we have open and frank conversations about our fears, what we know, what it is that we don't know, uh, understanding each other's point of view as far as the best way to tackle this COVID thing. Because we're two years in, and we're no, we're not close, we're not any closer to the angle of eradicating it than we were before. Matter of fact, I think in some way we're worse because COVID has become so politicized that if you don't want to get the shot, you're considered an anti-vaxxer, or uh, even if you're just hesitant about getting it. There's a difference between the anti-vaxxer that's not going to get it no matter what versus someone that's still hesitant about getting it because they want information. Then there's people that get the vaccine because they're they're going with the flow. They think that it might help them. Uh, people that get the vaccine because uh, they think it would be good for them uh, based on the information yeah. And then there's people out there that's like mask up no matter what, no matter if you're pregnant, if you uh, have AIDS, if you have a terminal illness, or if you are on your deathbed. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some people said that people that are already dead still need to get the COVID vaccine. I mean, just just throwing that out there as a theory and a wild possibility. So none of this is true. Just saying we tend to go to extremes way too often when we can just come back in the middle and say, why don't we try this or why don't, why don't we try that? Me personally, I think vaccines are a good thing. That's just for me. But I'm against mandates because of the personal, the, the personal autonomy that people should still retain. Um, the personal decisions that people still have to make. And simply, there might be more information coming out that for those that got it, probably shouldn't have got it. And those that didn't get it, probably should get it right now. I mean, it's just still a wild west of information that needs to be sorted through or gathered and collected and then spread properly throughout the masses. But here's one thing I, I kind of find interesting um, with the <clears throat> uh, mask mandates or the vaccine mandates. The people that say my body and my choice as a collective tend to be a little bit more get the vaccine, which I find is quite ironic that if it's your body, your choice, but you're still forcing other people to get the vaccine by coercion or whatever else. Then on the flip side, the people that are anti-vax tend to be anti-abortion. So again, my body, my choice on the vaccine, but a woman doesn't have the right to uh, choose whether to have an abortion or not. And I think it really should be anti-mandate and pro-choice, 
Now, me personally, I am very much pro-life, morally, but I'm politically pro-choice. I, on the issue of COVID, am very much, let's get the vaccines. They seem to work in these areas, but anti-mandates. So it's a little bit of politics with both parties, the Republican and the Democrat. They have the same ideology, just inverted for the scenarios of COVID versus pro-choice, abortion, whatever. Um, And this is another reason why I kind of feel the two-party system is breaking America. And there's some things that we need to do to try to uh, level the playing field on that. Uh, But that's going to be for another talk and another day. Um, So, yeah, like I said at the beginning of this, this was just kind of free-balling, getting some ideas out there. Uh, I'm scared as hell to try to do this podcast. Uh, But at the same time, I really feel that uh, now is the time to really start digging in, putting content out there, um, letting you guys hear my point of view. And I welcome feedback and um, the opportunity to uh, talk with me on social media. Uh, If you go to beacons.ai slash EJ for Liberty or whatever link I may be using at the time, I will have all my links listed, and there's a link to chat with me. Um, uh, it's an app called Telegram. You download the app um, using my link on my site, and uh, feel free to chat with me. And I want this uh, to be a place where you can come, get some information that is either factual and or make you think. And uh, after the podcast, we can talk about what's been said and just – Come up with some new ideas. So, in recap, um, yeah, Joe Rogan Experience, go check that out. Um, if you don't know about the Neil Young, you know, taking off his music from Spotify, go check that out as well. And COVID, it, it, it's a bitch. But I think it's something that if we learn to civilly discuss these matters, we can become more well-educated, more well-informed, and really start to turn the eyes onto our politicians that are supposed to be representing us and say, what are you seriously doing about this epidemic? And why should we let you stay in office another second longer? We need to take back that power as individuals, as a community, and make these politicians really sweat it out and work for us. It's going to start small. But much like a snow, much like a snowball in an avalanche, it starts with one flake, quickly rolls rolls into a, a a big ball, and then we can make some stuff really happen. So, this is EJ. I appreciate you listening. This is the EJ for Liberty podcast. You can check me on social media at EJ for Liberty. Uh, subscribe to my podcast if you haven't done so uh, so far, and you can also check out my website ejforliberty.com. I this is the second broadcast and I really am having fun with this and uh it's a growing experience. So with that, I will see you next time.